Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Tuesday edition of the program and it is our last show of the 2021 year. I'll be out the rest of the week and uh, so this is our final time that we will gather here at 11 a.m. this year to talk uh, IU basketball, to talk local sports and a lot more. So I wanted to start the show today. Thank you for being with us. Our podcast audience has grown once again this year, and uh, we've added the Thornton's text line, getting to interact a little bit with a lot more of you that uh, listen to the program, some of you live and some of you on the podcast, but very appreciative for everyone that tunes in for uh, this local program here on the Big X and look forward to continuing things with you when we get into 2022 when I come back on Monday. Big show ahead uh, in this hour. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, Ryan Miller, the coach of the Providence Pioneers, is going to check in in advance of the very traditional Silver Creek Holiday Tournament that begins tonight. And by the way, the Pioneers are having a great season so far. Uh, we're going to learn more about this Providence team that is five and two. They've had some Big win so far this season, and I think the hope is building. This could be a very good year once again for Coach Miller and Providence. So he'll check in here in just a bit. Also, later in the hour on Tuesdays, we have Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier to talk IU basketball and, of course, heading into the Hoosiers' final game of 2021 on Wednesday night. So we'll discuss that. And then later in the hour, Mike Pegram of Peaks.com will be with us. We've got IU basketball recruiting and a little bit of IU football to touch on today as we wrap up 2021 for you here on the Hoosier Report. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, a reminder, a daily reminder, that the Thornton's text line is open. Uh, maybe you've got a question or comment for one of the guests on our program today. You can just send your text to the Thornton's text line. Uh, just open up a text message, key in 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line here on the show. And don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. Let's go to the phone line. Our first guest today is Ryan Miller, the boss of the Providence Pioneers and coach so far, a 5-2 and two start for your club as uh, you pause for a few days there at the Christmas break, but it's the big Silver Creek Holiday Tournament coming up this evening. I think it's safe to say a very solid start so far by your ball club here in 2021. Yeah, hey, how you doing, Matt? Great to, uh, great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Glad, 
honored to be the last guest of 2021. <laughs> Quite the show lineup you have in store today. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, Matt. We've been uh, we've been pleased with with our team. Um, you know, it's a pretty experienced, a pretty experienced club. Uh, have you know several seniors that, that we've now had in the program for three years. So it's it's been fun to see them along with the juniors and and even some sophomores. You know, coming along to contribute at the varsity level. Um, it's been fun to see the progression over the last few years and start to see the players you know, uh, doing more of, of what, what we've kind of been looking for and, and, you know, having to, to teach a little less and, and, and watch them, you know, start to teach each other, teach themselves and have a little more of a, a player led team, which is what we're always looking for. So it's, it's been nice to see that progress. Coach Miller, um, this is probably a true statement for every coach in the area and in the state, but I feel like it's certainly true for you in Providence, the style, the defense, some of the things that you do that are almost systematic-like. Seniors are always a big deal on any team, especially if they're good players, especially if they're leaders on and off the court. But I feel like in what you're trying to build and do at Providence since you've been back there as the head coach, that senior leadership both on and off the court is extra special. Oh, Yes, that that's absolutely correct, Matt. Um, yeah, we we certainly try uh, have been trying to establish a system, and I think we were fortunate right out of the gate in year one that we had some some great great young men who who bought in early and you know were able to have a, a good season. But it is a process, um, and certainly leadership, senior leadership in particular, you know, goes a long way and making that possible, you know, they're the ones that ultimately have to go out there and do it and day in and day out bring, you know, the level of intensity and also just bring that leadership to guide, uh, you know, each other and the younger ones to constantly be teaching and pushing one another. Because, you know, as coaches, there's only so much we can do. Ultimately, we want to empower those players to to be the leaders and, and to do a lot of the teaching and coaching on the floor. So it has been uh, good to see that natural uh, process take place. Coach Miller, obviously give us the names of those seniors, and while you're at it, also tell us about junior Casey Kalen, who I know has had a really good season so far. And even though he's not one of those three seniors, he's had uh, a big part, uh, played a big part in your 5-2 uh, and two start this year. Tell us about some of those uh, senior leaders and also Casey Kalen. Yeah, so you know uh, what I like about our, our senior group this year is is that we have uh, you know guys who who have all really bought into their role and understand that they each play you know an important role. Um, you know, w- w- I guess we have a young man Eli Caruso who doesn't get to play much. Uh, you know, he was a manager in the past, but but he's glad to help the team out. You know, in a role of being supportive and uh, you know helping in practice and such. Uh, and then in terms of our our guys that, that are starters and see key minutes, you know, we have Grant Williams, who's been seeing some time since a sophomore, you know, he's our, he's, he's our big man inside at, uh, you know, six, three, six, four. Um, he's, uh, you know, like I said, he's been playing some minutes for us since a sophomore year and especially last year, saw some varsity minutes. He's stepped up really big for us this year, both, uh, on the boards and, and also scoring and having to battle the other team's big guys. You know, in the case of Floyd Central, that means battling, you know, seven footers and, you know, six, seven, six, six, et cetera. Uh, he'll have another big guy to battle tonight uh, from Charlestown. 
Uh, then, you know, at guard spots, we have Max Beatty, who has seen significant minutes since his sophomore year and helped us uh, win some big games, you know, going back a few years ago. So he's definitely a very, you know, uh, a seasoned, uh, experienced player uh, in Beatty. Uh, and then we have uh, we have Cade Carver and Tyler Simmons, uh, both of whom saw some minutes last year as juniors and, and now as seniors are, are, you know, starting for us, uh, both you know, ball handlers for us, uh, good defenders, and, you know, just, just uh, you know, make the right right play for us. Um, that's our senior group. And then as juniors, we have, you know, as you spoke to Casey Kalen, who's been seeing time since his freshman year. Uh, last year was one of our key players as a sophomore, um, starting to, uh, you know, really come along. It's It's been nice to see his progress over the last few years and uh you know he'll continue to be a key player for us uh in, in several areas you know not only scoring but also you know rebounding the ball and uh you know expect uh from him defensively as well and then uh other juniors who have really stepped up for us uh we have Jaden Johnson who's uh, a guard who comes in and, and really gets after it defensively just a uh, very solid you know playmaker and decision maker and then uh Grant Seabold who can really shoot the ball uh, he's he's come in, had a really big game for us against uh, against Evansville Memorial, uh, made some key plays, and he's coming into his own as well. And and a few sophomores that are getting some time for us, um, in uh, in in Charlie Scott and Quentin Hesse, uh, both seeing some minutes for us, and and Jackson Kaiser, another junior who comes in and and really gets after it defensively for us. Talking with Providence coach Ryan Miller, we're going to get into the Silver Creek Holiday Tournament, which begins tonight at Silver Creek High School. Coach Miller, uh, this is really a traditional tournament. It's billed as the oldest same four-team tournament in the state of Indiana, so a lot of tradition there. This is something that I know the schools look forward to during the holiday break, but there's a little different feeling, I think, this year as you look at the Silver Creek uh, tournament because the Dragons, the host team, have been so dominant with Cooper Jacoby and Trey Kaufman-Wren the last number of seasons that they've just been the big favorite. Everyone has assumed they would win the championship, and they did. But this year the field is much more open. In fact, I'm not so sure that I wouldn't peg the Pioneers as one of the favorites to bring the tournament home. Definitely a different feel, I think, for players and coaches and probably fans as well that are preparing to head out to tonight's ball games. Yeah, that's right, Matt. Uh, I mean, the, the Dragons were obviously the the heavy favorite um, the past few years. It, it often felt like uh, people were playing for second place um, with the great teams they've had. Um, and you know, I mean, yeah, they're they're good again this year. Uh, obviously, with a star player in Northern and and some other key pieces around him that that have some uh, varsity experience. Uh, obviously, well coached and, and at their place. So. You know they're they're still, uh, you know, definitely a, a very formidable uh, opponent. Um, but yeah, you, you're right. It, it has changed. You know, I mean, I I think uh, you know Charlestown now, who we have to face this evening, they have their big guy back playing now, a number two Benner, and uh, you know some other nice pieces around him. Thirty two Helton looks like he can score, and some other guys. You know, they're playing hard. Of course, we know Coach Lynch. Uh, coming over from Tell City, who did a tremendous job there, and you know, seeing having visions of, of playing them the past few years, seeing you know him run the actions there that are always, you know, he you know very well coached team. So, and then of course Clarksville, you know, they have 
uh, you know, very, very talented and dangerous player in caps and, and their new coach, Coach Hankins, coming over. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's I think, anybody's for the taking this year. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, and I think everybody's excited to, uh, to, to go battle again. Ryan Miller of Providence, our guest, opening up this Tuesday edition of the program. Coach, I mentioned your record this season, 5-2, and two, and the two losses have come to two very good ball clubs here in southern Indiana, a 65-64 one-point loss for the Pioneers to Scottsburg, who's had a great year so far. And then you lost to Floyd Central 55-43, but actually were up at the halftime intermission during that game. So the two losses that you've had – have been against really maybe the two of the better teams that we've got in our you know I don't know eight six six seven eight county area here in southern Indiana. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Matt. I I, I think uh, I personally think yeah, Floyd. Just from from you know what what's transpired early on, we know there are some other really top tier teams, and we're going to get to play several of them. Um, but but thus far, you know, er, this early part of the season, Floyd has looked to be probably the best team uh, at least they've been playing the best ball so far it would appear um you know just tremendous size a ton of experience and of course you know coach Sturgeon is uh you know great great coach um so yeah that that was one that that's you know we did we knew we would have to play incredibly well you know to have a shot there and and we did you know through half we we certainly had to work on how we we're going to defend all that size and, uh, and our guys did a tremendous job of executing on both ends of the floor, you know, through one half, um, you know, then the third quarter, we just, you know, afterwards, you know, it's kind of, you know, how games transpire quickly. Sometimes you're trying to determine, you know, in the moment, what's going on, what adjustments can we make? And, you know, at the time I felt like we were still for the most part playing pretty good ball, you know, in retrospect, you look back and, and you see, you know, a few possessions here and there, you know, that, that we came up empty handed, uh, you know, but, but ultimately a team of that caliber, you got to knock down some shots. You got to make some plays and against them and their size, you get in there and you, you, you know, you sometimes got to make the extra pass. And, uh, you know, we just came up with a, a tough third quarter. Uh, they had a little bit of a lead going into the fourth, I think five points. And then, you know, we had to start gambling and they made their free throws and, and that was that, but yeah, certainly one we would like to have back because, Obviously, the caliber of team they are, we felt like we had a real shot at it, and we did, but you got to play your best ball. So it's a good lesson for our boys that, you know, uh, half a game doesn't get it done. we got to put together four quarters, and same thing could be said for Scottsburg, you know, a game that we really had, as you said, they're another incredibly talented team with tremendous size and tremendous skill. Um, you know, we were up, I think, 12 points with five minutes left, and, and then they went on a barrage of making six of seven three-pointers down the stretch. Um, including a huge banked three-point shot um, that just, you know, uh, it was a learning lesson for all of us. You know, uh, our boys certainly didn't melt down there. They're, they're uh, an experienced veteran group, but, you know, uh, probably an adjustment or two that, that I could have made as a coach and, and a few free throws here and there and turnovers, those kind of things. So it's definitely a, a, a loss that, that you're, you're disappointed about when you know you had it, but it's also something that you learn from. Absolutely. Ryan Miller, this is a year three for you, Coach, already 
at Providence. And, of course, it's a great story. You went to Providence. You were a key player in your time for the Pioneers, a longtime assistant coach under our friend Lou LaFay. Then you left the program yeah. to work at Floyd Central for a while, uh, came back to take the head coaching job. And uh, immediately in year number one, there were some big uh, big changes for Providence. You took him to an 18-7 and record and then 12-9, and lost in the sectional championship game last season. Of course, we've mentioned a few times the 5-2 and two start this season. It seems as if you're really settling in back at your alma mater, and this appears to be a great fit uh, for you for the future. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems that way. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, ultimately just very fortunate to have learned from two of the best around here, as, as you just spoke, uh, under Coach Lefebvre and at Providence, under Coach Sturgeon at Floyd. And uh, and now coming back to Providence, you know, um, I was fortunate to come in with just a great group of 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 young men in year one, you know, um, who, you know, just kind of good fortune, you know, in, in that they were ready to 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 learn and, and ready, ready to win, you know, um, and and then, you know, I guess most importantly, I would have to say my coaching staff, uh, I, I you know, I, I think they're second to none. Uh, you know, the guys we have, you know, Coach Stimler, Lance Stimler, of course, who played at IU, team captain for them, you know, with uh, with DJ White, Eric Gordon, that group uh, when Coach Sampson was there. And, uh, you know, he and I coached together uh, with Coach Lefebvre, so we had that relationship coming in. And then other guys like Dan Block, who was on the IU staff of, of 2002 and they went to the final game. You know, he was a grad assistant there, uh, so he's he's learned under the best. You know, Coach Knight and uh, and then Coach Davis there, um, and and you know he 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 and I played ball together at Providence, so a long-standing relationship where there's just a lot of trust and understanding built in. You know, to begin and guys like Chris Carruthers, who we met, a, a young a young guy who's really motivated and gets after it, and and just you know an abundance of guys. A uh, Brad Denman who handles all kinds of of the the other behind the scenes stuff that before you come be, become a head coach you just never realize everything that goes into it you know of course you've been such a blessing for the New Albany program in so many of those ways as well so you know and and the list goes on and on I, we have just just a, a guy for every spot and um, we're just so blessed to have all those guys in place and and that uh, goes a long way wonderful wonderful stuff Ryan Miller of Providence. It's the Pioneers and Charlestown tonight in the 7:30 semifinal round of the Silver Creek Holiday Tournament tonight. Coach Miller, I know we'll chat again here in a few weeks. Some big games coming up for your team and our high school hoops scene here locally. Best of luck tonight and over the next few days at Silver Creek. Hey, thanks so much, Matt. Appreciate all you do for our uh, high school hoops here in Indiana and uh, appreciate the opportunity to be on. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's Ryan Miller, the coach at Providence, year number three. Again, Providence and Charlestown, the second game tonight, the first game up at the Silver Creek Holiday Tournament, Clarksville and Silver Creek. Really an interesting feel. This is the first time in 
I don't know, three or four years that uh, this is kind of undecided. You go into it thinking Silver Creek with Brandon Northern, they've got a chance, but Clarksville has Dakota Caps and some other players. They could challenge the Dragons, who definitely aren't what they were a year ago tonight. And uh, Providence may be the favorite if you look at records and who's played the toughest schedule and uh, all-around best team. So we'll see how things play out at Silver Creek. Really a busy Tuesday night. We talked some yesterday about how the holidays – falling on weekends, Saturday for Christmas, Saturday for New Year's Day, really has kind of interrupted high school basketball in a normal setting. So a big Tuesday night. I tell you, another good game tonight is New Albany hosting Seymour. It's a Hoosier Hills Conference game. And get ready for this, Seymour 5-2 and two overall, 2-0 and oh in conference play as they enter this game tonight. This is not the Seymour team that you might be used to seeing New Albany, Jeff, or Floyd play. They are much tougher and a solid ball club. I think tonight at New Albany, that should be a really good game. And Floyd Central, they've got some big challenges coming up here over the next few days. The 5-1 and one Highlanders, they play Indianapolis Pike this afternoon at North Central High School, the Paul Logan Memorial Invitational and they'll take on Avon in their second game there on Wednesday morning. Christian Academy takes on Evansville Christian today. South Central's down at Southridge. Uh, Eastern will host Evansville Day. Salem will host Mount Vernon of Posey. It's a little round-robin thing. Eastern's back again to take on Mount Vernon of Posey. Then Salem takes on Evansville Day. Corden and Perry Central today. Rock Creek down in Davies County at one of the best holiday tournaments there. Uh, they're going to take on Brownstown Central, who's 6-0 and in their first game of that event. Lanesville at Edinburgh today. West Washington will take on Traders Point as well. So, all sorts of holiday hoops going on today and really the next few days here in the area. Of course, a lot of attention locally always goes to the Silver Creek Holiday Tournament, and those teams will match up again tomorrow night for a third-place game at 6 o'clock, followed by the championship game around 7.30. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We're going to talk some IU basketball in advance of the Hoosiers' final game of 2021 on Wednesday night. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open 502-414-1450. That is 502-414-1450. Back with more after this here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Tuesday program, our final show of 2021. We'll have no program Wednesday or Thursday or Friday this week, but we'll be back with you to start the new year at 11 a.m. on Monday. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest in this segment each Tuesday. And, of course, the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. Mike, it's UNC Asheville coming to town uh, tomorrow night to close out IU's 2021 and get ready for Big Ten Conference play after that. Uh, anything to watch for in that game as far as Asheville, uh, looking at their record, their opponents, and a little bit out there on them so far this season, 
this appears to be another game that IU needs to look up as a tune-up opportunity ahead of Big Ten play. Yeah, Matt, I, I think that's the best way to look at it, it is, is a tune-up. UNC Asheville is 8-5 and five on the season. They've only played one high major team uh, so far this season, which is a little bit unusual for a, for a mid-major in the non-conference, but that was North Carolina on the road, and North Carolina beat them by 19. I think that's directionally what Kim Palm is predicting for, for Indiana uh, tomorrow night. And, and on paper, UNC Asheville looks a lot like Indiana's last opponent, Northern Kentucky, a team that will probably play a little bit of zone, will struggle to uh, keep Indiana off the offensive glass, and will struggle you know, with second-chance opportunities with, with points in the paint. Um, so so I, I would be surprised if Indiana struggles in this one because it, you know, UNC Asheville's uh, weaknesses are Indiana's strengths in a lot of areas especially as it relates to uh, trace and race being able to, to dominate down low. So um, don't, don't expect any challenges. Um, just expect Indiana to try to really kind of put their foot on the gas and not let up in this one, which has been a theme in the, the early portion of the season. Uh, Mike, I tell you what, as we talk about this IU game on Wednesday, and really I know everyone looking forward to Big Ten Conference play in the new year, uh, I kind of paying attention to <laughs> – to my social media, my Twitter account, uh, to guys like you that I follow on IU stuff, uh, wondering for sure if the game will happen and wondering what things are going to look like as we come out of the holidays next week and we do get into Big Ten Conference play because I feel like every time I turn on ESPN or every time I open my phone up and flip up, uh, tap open Twitter, another college basketball game has been canceled or postponed or there is some issue going on uh, with COVID. It seems like here in the last week especially that things have really ticked up as far as COVID cases, COVID positives affecting games. And uh, I tell you, Big Ten teams are being affected. Uh, again, anytime you look at Kentucky's had now their last two games affected by COVID uh, based on who they were s- supposed to play their opponents, you just wonder from hour to hour if games are going to be played, if things are going to go as normal, if you're going to play who the schedule says you're supposed to play. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, believe me, I'm I'm not hopping in the car tomorrow until I confirm that, that UNC Asheville is actually in Bloomington and ready to play. I mean, it's that fluid right now. I think that an Indiana women's game last week got canceled, you know, within 24 hours of when, when the game was supposed to tip. So, so we're back in that mode that we were in last year. I mean, last night on his radio show, Coach Woodson said that the team was, the Indiana team was 100% healthy and back and practicing. So at least from that standpoint, as of that moment last night, everything sounded good, but it, it's just a really fluid situation. And, and, you know, I think conferences are starting to address it as well i mean i I think we've seen the big 10 come out and say that they're in the process of reevaluating their their policy on teams having to forfeit games if they they can't make it due to covid within their program i I think you're seeing teams uh, conferences make other changes as it relates to you know required periods uh, of being um having to sit out if you test positive All, all kinds of changes are happening um, so, so I think it's just going to be 
really interesting over the next few days even to see what the Big Ten comes out with it because it's going to have a direct impact. And, you know, as we start to ramp back up for, for games on, on January 2nd, starting out at Penn State. Have we heard anything from the Big Ten? I know they said last week pre-Christmas that they were going to at least revisit their COVID-19 policies related to forfeitures and so forth. Other conferences, it seems like every day, I think all the high major conferences now except the Big Ten have made some adjustments to their policies and have basically went away from forfeits and kind of changed rules and standards for this type of thing. But I don't think the Big Ten has come back out yet with any definite plan or update to what uh, they originally announced, have they? They have not. I mean, they, they were operating with a little bit more of a cushion than the other conferences because they didn't have any conference games this week, to my knowledge. So, um, but, but I wouldn't be surprised if it came out as soon as today, actually, that, that you know, they're, they're going to come out and specifically say how they're going to address forfeitures. They're, they're going to specifically come out and address how long players have to sit out if they test positive, um, that they may even revisit their their policies on testing as of the beginning of the football season they players or or schools pardon me had to come up with their own policies and then the big 10 kind of overlaid some general guidance on top of that in terms of you know whether or not teams have to test and things of that nature many probably saw some information from jeff goodman yesterday saying you know it's wide it's the wild west right now in terms of whether teams are testing or not i think maybe Something like 60% of teams, when they came back from holiday break, tested their entire team. 40% didn't, um, or maybe I've got those inversed. It might be the other way. But the, but the point being that, you know, teams are kind of doing their own things right now. And it's just a, such an interesting time, not to delve too much into politics, but just, you know, we, we've got so much data on this virus now. And, and I think conferences and teams are having to wrestle with, um, you know, how, how much at risk are really 18 to 22 year old athletes? Um, how much should we be testing them, especially if they're vaccinated and boosted and all that fun stuff? Um, it, it's just such a, you know, crazy to think that almost two years into this, we're still talking about this stuff. It's still so fluid, um, you know, still, still new issues of the day to consider almost constantly for teams, conferences and the like. Mike, I know uh, last night Coach Woodson right here on the Big X, his coach's show, mentioned that IU is healthy heading into the game Wednesday, at least as of this hour. Do we have any idea what IU's procedures are related to testing uh, its players and athletes? I don't know specifically, or if I do know, I've forgotten what what they came out with um, when when the Big Ten opened it back up to them. So I apologize, I don't know that, Mike. My suspicion is that they are testing everybody when when they came back from from break, but I did not try to specifically confirm that. They haven't been too open with, with that kind of information when it comes to medical information and th- things of that nature. Yeah, Mike uh, Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Uh, Mike, one other thing, you mentioned the Coach Woodson show. Uh, I thought it was interesting last night to hear Coach Woodson mention, I don't know what the question was or what got uh, – him on it from Don Fisher, the host, but he mentioned that he he got a text message from Coach Knight's wife uh, about uh, remember what Coach and I'm paraphrasing here, but remember what Coach used to always tell you guys: uh, the first five minutes of the game are the most important moments in a game, and just it's just so 
different to hear. We've talked about how different it is in general to hear Mike Woodson uh, be the spokesperson and the head coach of IU and how he just addresses media and handles radio shows and press conferences so much differently than what Archie Miller did. But on top of that, to hear Bob Knight's name come up so regularly and to hear uh, openly talking about text messages and conversations with Coach Knight's uh, wife obviously is much different than what we're used to, but I think it adds a lot. And it was interesting to hear her text about what Coach used to say about those important first five minutes of the game. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm guessing most of the coaches at Indiana that succeeded Bob Knight kind of felt him as a presence kind of weighing on their back, so to speak. But, it, you know, comments like that last night from Woodson kind of suggest that he's got a completely different take on it. He's comfortable. He embraces it. And, and you know, obviously the, the feedback's welcome if, if the Knights feel like that they can send it his way. I'm sure it's just kind of just some friendly fun and more so than actually, you know, wanting to to give coaching advice to Coach Woodson, but but at the same point time, it was on point. I mean, I think we've all had the same thought over these first twelve games that you know Indiana has shown that they can have some moments of dominance in games, and they they've had some moments where they've looked really bad. And I think more than anything else, the reason why they have two losses this season is because they've they failed to put together complete games against Syracuse and Wisconsin really in dramatic fashion. Those, both of those games were just night and day in terms of the way the two halves went. So, so whether or not that's a team that that's unable to focus or is not making the proper adjustments in the case of the Wisconsin game, and there, there's probably a lot of variables there, you know, coach Woodson likes to talk about it, you know, the team still learning him as a coach and there's some legit legitimacy there as well because you're talking about you know those games they lost you know Greg Gard, Jim Beheim, those are guys that have been with a program and have established a culture over decades so so there's a lot that goes into that but it was certainly interesting to kind of just hear that you know the Knight family still has a a channel a back channel into the program still, still giving their thoughts and that it's embraced now by Coach Woodson, you're you're absolutely right. It's just a completely new dynamic, a completely different level of comfort to to be open with that kind of stuff, and I, I think people enjoy hearing it. All right, uh, Mike. Uh, question of the day for you uh, as we head into this Wednesday night game against UNC Asheville for the Hoosiers. We know Big Ten conference play is looming just around the corner, and uh, Big Ten games home and away are tough deals. Uh, what's the biggest concern you have? with this IU team, with the conference uh, full slate, staring the Hoosiers down? Yeah, I mean, one has to be just how Trace Jackson Davis is going to play as the the competition level picks up. I mean, I think we've seen clear development in his game in a lot of different areas, but but when he's one-on-one with a a big that that can match his size and length, few can match his athleticism. But, you know, we saw in that Wisconsin game that, you know, if you if you have somebody that's big and physical that can, you know, get their hands in his face and just, you know, distract him a little bit, that that's effective. And he's going to see that almost every game in the Big Ten. That, that That's one. And then the other is, you know, if teams kind of follow this trend that we've kind of started to see emerge with, with you know, sticking to shooters like, Parker Stewart, Miller Cop, whoever else happens to be on the floor that has the ability to knock down threes and really trapping the post and, and putting the putting the pressure to execute on Xavier Johnson 
and how he can handle that better than he did in the, the second half at Wisconsin. I, I think we, we saw some signs in the game since then that, that he recognizes what he needs to adjust, but it's, it's certainly not flawless. You know, you saw in the game against Notre Dame that, you know, that's exactly what Notre Dame did. And he took a lot of shots that, that by, you know, that they were given him that, that he probably has to take at least later in the shot clock. So, those are my primary concerns. Can Trace be effective against Big Ten athleticism and length? Can Xavier Johnson be effective when when basically offenses or defenses, pardon me, are are really deciding to make him be the one that has to beat you? Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. You can read his website, thedailyhoosier.com, and follow Mike at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. Mike, as we let you go today, Big Ten play is what's next for the Hoosiers. Um, your breakdown of the Big Ten Conference now that we've made it through the early little two-game preview for each of the conference teams, and we've seen some of the big non-conference games where the Big Ten has taken on ACC or Big East teams and obviously other opportunities as well. But how do you rate the conference at this point, maybe compared to what your thoughts were heading into the season back in the preseason? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't super convinced about Purdue coming in, but but I am now. I you know I know they they lost at Rutgers, but that felt a little fluky to me. Um, so so they're not invincible for sure, but to me they are the clear favorite in my mind. I think they just bring so much to the table uh, at so many different phases of the game. If if they have a weakness, it's at point guard. But I struggle to see you know Eric Hunter and Isaiah Thomas as, as true weaknesses. So. Um, to me, they're, they're, they're clear team that, you know, night in and night out, everybody is going to struggle with, you know, I think we all expected Illinois and Ohio state to be up there. Ohio state's obviously in a difficult spot right now as they continue to, to be one of those teams that does wrestle with COVID issues in their program. But, you know, I think they're going to get healthier both from COVID and from some of the injuries that they've had and really be a factor, you know, um, Michigan's probably the one that, you know, not just in Big Ten play, but overall has been the biggest surprise, especially that loss at home against Minnesota. That, that To me, that's like the headline game throughout the entire conference so far, just because we all thought Minnesota was the clear last place team, and they've been really impressive so far. Um, probably a little bit of smoke and mirrors there, but you know, I think I may have said this last week. I, if there's any overarching point, you know, leaving Purdue out of the equation, I, I just think there's a lot of balance in the other 13 teams, I think, you know, on any given day, I think you're, you're really going to have to be on top of your game uh, to, to pull out a win. I mean, you already saw that with Indiana at home against Nebraska. I think they fell behind it by double digits in that one in the first half. And it's just going to be like that in every game. I don't, I don't expect any easy wins the rest of the way once Big Ten play starts. Yeah, absolutely. Agree totally. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Mike, have a great new year. Thank you so much. You've been a great lift of the program here in recent months with your regular appearance on Tuesdays talking the Hoosiers and more. And uh, we'll continue these chats after the new year coming up here next week. I look forward to it, Matt, and happy new year to you and all your listeners. Absolutely. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier with us here on this Tuesday program. As we head to break, uh, Thornton's text line, very kind text from A. Wren. Thanks, Matt, for everything you do and for your show. Have a happy New Year's, and we'll see you next year. Same to you and same to all of the listeners with us here on the program. We've got one more segment ahead 
And then it's a few uh, days break for me as we uh, get ready for 2022 coming up on Saturday. And, of course, when I think of 2022, uh, I say this a lot on the show, I think of the start of Big Ten basketball, which is something that uh, I think we all love, whether it's IU playing or not. There's just something about Big Ten basketball to me uh, that is special. We'll head to a commercial break. Mike Pegram of Pigs.com is next. We'll talk IU recruiting and a little football in our final segment of the year. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Okay, we're back here. Final segment, and Mike Pegram of Pigs.com with us here on this Tuesday program. The Thornton's text line is still open at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Mike, uh, from a recruiting perspective, IU basketball uh, going to see C.J. Gunn back out on the floor. I think it's today for his Lawrence North team. He's been sidelined so far, has the in-state commit and signee uh, this season. I think it was something to do with his foot or his toe, but uh, Gunn expected in action today for Lawrence North, Mike. Yeah, I think it was a, a kind of a toe, toe thing, but uh, yeah, good to see him back. He's kind of a little bit forgotten because he committed so long ago. I actually committed to Archie Miller's staff originally, and then uh, – was convinced to stay with that commitment after the coaching change and uh he was recruited to be a kind of a big shooter six foot five has great size for a guard and and uh, we'll see if uh he looks the part here finally uh beginning beginning this week mike uh, in-state recruits i'm always asked uh, by high school basketball fans at games and here with this show Who's the next in-state player that IU will really target and have a chance to land? Is there anyone uh, still out there in 2023 that IU in-state uh, is tracking closely and that the Hoosiers may have an edge on, or could it be someone in a future class beyond 2023 the next time we see an in-state commitment to the IU program? Well, they're they're closely tracking Xavier Booker from Cathedral. Um, you know, he's, He's uh, ranked reasonably high, but not a five-star level player because he has a lot of, um, you know, he's, he's a little bit raw like a lot of big men. Um, but he's, you know, shows tremendous flashes at, at times. Really outplayed uh, Jalen Washington this past summer at the, when it, then in June at the high school teams. And he, he's got a lot of potential and he has offered him a scholarship. And we expect him to visit Indiana in the near future for a game. Um, and, uh, so, but beyond that, I mean, they, they're, they're very, they are tracking Sam Orm from Carmel and Joey Hart from Southern Indiana as guys, uh, you know, that maybe help them with that shooting area as well. Mike Pegram, Pigs.com, our guest. Another question here on the uh, Thornton's text line. What are the chances we land the big fellow from Montverde? And I'm sure that's uh, Kwame or KJ Evans. Uh, who we mentioned, or who you told us a little bit, a little bit about last week when you were actually down 
at the City of Palms event uh, watching Hood Shafino, uh, Evans, and the Montverde team. Uh, any insight on that, or is it still too early to know exactly where IU stands? He's getting all sorts of interest. I know that much. Yeah, yeah. they're recruiting two big guys on Montverde. Um, K.J. Evans, who's the number two overall player in the junior class, and Derek Queen, who may just be just as good from the 2024 class. And I've been cutting video of those two guys in the last two nights. So uh, I have a pretty good feel for both of them. I actually kind of like Queen better myself. But um, K.J. Evans, uh, Kwame Evans, is uh, has, I think, officially, officially visited Kentucky and told me uh, last week that he plans to code IU in February. But uh, I don't he gave me some dates that don't work because uh, the dates are at the, the day that IU plays at Michigan State. But, you know, Kentucky will be hard to beat for him. Um, but Indiana is in the game and we'll, we'll get a visit. And, and other schools are we're working him, but they haven't even got the kind of talk from him about a visit that Indiana has. So Hoosiers are there, but they face some, some serious competition. And Derek Queen is so early. Uh, to you know, being so young, but uh, they're they're definitely getting in there and using their connection with Jalen Huchavino. Mike, uh, this topic came up in the last segment, but I wanted to pose it to, to you as well. So many cancellations and postponements and issues right now uh, with college hoops and really all sports related to COVID nineteen positive cases. When does the Big Ten make some sort of update or announcement as to what changes or uh, items of their initial plan they are going to update or change like other conferences have? Is it soon? It's got to be here in the next day or so. Uh, you would think in advance of the, the return to conference play. Yeah, that's my expectation, man, that they would come out with it before um... – that they start conference play. I mean, I guess they could wait if, they, if both teams look like they're good, you know, but they have to make a decision really, really soon. I would think in the next few days, the ACC has come out with some changes, you know, based on positive tests from vaccinated players, a little bit different guidelines. Um, and I think the big 10 may have to follow some, something like that when, when they come out with their kind of revised policy, but it is, complicated decision and you have to get medical um, experts involved and all that but they, they do want to go a little I think they want to be more flexible than what, what they started the season Mike with fin- in their policy absolutely Mike final question for you I know the holidays maybe things have simmered down just a bit uh, but uh, IU football as far as off-season movement from the transfer portal and I guess even recruiting as well has there been any more activity there or have things uh, at least for now kind of uh, slowed down well, I think since the signing day started, the big news was that they convinced Omar Cooper to, to go ahead and sign at the final day of the signing period. It was their big wide receiver recruit from, from Lawrence North. Um, really just a talented receiver that they really had to get. But they've been continuing to add, add some more, uh, transfers. But, uh, and, uh, you know, we have several of them. We're going to be mid-year enrollees. Um, so it's, uh, they're they're evolving, but it's they've signed so many players. There's not a lot of room left, but there's still more guys leave, more guys can come in. So, and they've had a lot of guys leave. Gotcha. All right, uh, Mike Pegram, Pigs.com. Mike, as always, thank you for being with us today and throughout the year. We'll talk with you once uh, Big Ten play is officially back and the season, the full season, is here. Look forward to it, Matt.
All right, that's going, that's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday edition of the program. A reminder, a busy evening as far as high school basketball goes tonight. The Silver Creek Holiday Tournament set to take place once again this year, and uh, the field a little bit more open this year, as we discussed earlier in the show with Ryan Miller, the head coach of Providence. The Pioneers in Charlestown in Game 2 tonight. Uh, that is a 7.30 tip-off. The uh, tournament opens with Clarksville and Silver Creek. That's the 6 o'clock game. So two games for the price of one tonight at Silver Creek High School. And, of course, the losers will play tomorrow night in the third-place game at 6 o'clock. And the winners play in the championship game on Wednesday at 7.30. Have a great new year, a safe one as well. We'll be back with you Monday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.